We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card, you call the number for help and can't get a hold of anyone if you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is episode number 1,241 with Ken Honda. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Welcome back, my friend. Today's guest is Ken Honda, who is a best-selling self-development author in Japan, whose writings bridge the topics of finance, self-help, and generating personal wealth and happiness through deeper self-honesty. I loved the conversation that Ken and I just had, and Ken's financial expertise comes from owning and managing several businesses, including an accounting company, a management consulting firm, and a venture capital corporation. And his approach to creating financial abundance really stood out to me, and I was incredibly excited to dive deeper into his beliefs. So make sure to check out his latest book, Happy Money, The Japanese Art of Making Peace with Your Money as he sold over 8 million copies of all of his books combined, and this one is an inspiring one. But in this episode, we discuss the common traits that millionaires share, how to shift our financial mindset from scarcity to abundance, why most of us are afraid to speak openly about money, how to heal our financial wounds, and so much more. And if you're enjoying this, make sure to leave a review and subscribe over on the School of Greatness on Apple Podcast, and let us know your thoughts of the part you enjoy the most, while leaving a review over on Apple Podcast. Okay, in just a moment, the one and only Ken Honda. Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness. I am very excited about our guest. Ken Honda is in the house. Good to see you, Ken. Hello, Luis. I'm so happy. I just uh, I just woke up at five. You know, I was too excited <laughs> for the show. I love it. It's it's early time where you are in Japan and we're here in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, I've been watching some of your stuff and learning about you over the, over the last couple of years since I found mm-hmm. out about you. You've got this book called Happy Money, The Japanese Art of Making Peace with Your Money. Mm-hmm. Most people that I grew up with, especially here in America, and I think around the world, mm-hmm. don't feel any peace around money. They're afraid of money. They don't like to talk about it. They're scared of it when they have conversations. They, they're they afraid when they have it. They're afraid when they lose it, when they spend <laughs> it. They're afraid to go in debt, but they have too much debt. I'm curious, why in the first place is it possible for us to have peace around money? And if so, what do we need to start shifting in our minds to create that peace? Yes, I, I noticed when I was in North America, I casually asked, uh, a, a, I thought a close friend of mine, you know, I, I became very close to him. So I asked him, uh, how much do you make a year? Just casually. And I know I'd say something wrong because he looked so shocked. <laughs> you asked me that? And I said, oh, oh, I, did I say something wrong? <laughs> it's not so uh, secretive in Japan that uh, if you become close, you ask, you know, uh, how much money you make to each other. But in North America, 
you don't even do it among uh, close friends, right? It's sort of like a, a, something that you don't touch. Even family, families don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Why is it more openly talked about in a peaceful way in Japan or other places? I think uh, North American people tend to be tend to tie how much they're worth or how much they make with their worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, their self worth. Yeah. Yes, self worth. We have different value system, like how many friends you have, or are you married or not. Uh, do you like your job? So say there are certain points, right? So uh, money is one of them, but not the major part of it. But mm-hmm. in North America, I think it's a cultural thing, and, and I'm not blaming it for. But I think. Uh, people think uh, how much they make, how much they're worth is it. You know, uh, you may be good looking, but if you don't make much, like you're nothing. But if you make a lot of money, and if even if you're a terrible person, you get to be uh, respected. So I think mm-hmm. it's a cultural thing. And it brings seems to bring a lot of shame and pride from money, yeah. which I don't see it in so, uh, other cultures. So I think it's very unique to uh, American culture. Interesting. What would you say is the secret then to creating abundance financially in your life when most people struggle or fail to do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I've been talking about this um, over the past 20 years. And there are so many as- aspects of uh, abundance. You know, uh, I call it vi- visible assets and, and invisible assets. So uh, financial Value is just just a very short, um, small portion of your abundance. But uh, 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 that is not included in the package, I guess. So that's why we're obsessed about making money or we jump onto these investment ideas. And and that's an interesting cultural phenomenon. Gotcha. What would you say? So the invisible assets, would you say those are more important to learn about and master in order to create abundance over the the visible assets? Once again, invisible assets, it's part of your life. So if I say, um, uh, like going on fishing with your friends is so much fun f- uh, for me, I'm not interested in doing much business. So uh, by uh, American standard, I become a loser. Because you know I'm <laughs> I'm going uh, enjoying fishing with a bunch of my friends, but they could be all millionaires, you know, who retired early. But I think uh, um, going for fishing uh, with a bunch of friends are not as respected as uh, going on like a venture cap, you know, venture business and trying to make money or just you know to start a, a company with your visions. So I think it's a criteria. Uh, uh, do you focus on more relationships or peace of mind? And the peace of mind is is an, uh, the most uh, precious invisible assets. But a lot of people trade for money. And that's a sad thing. Um, all over the world, people do that. Uh, we think we have to do it to, make, to bring food on the table. But is it really worth it to... Um, uh, to trade with your peace of mind or your, with your integrity. Mm. But unfortunately, many people do that. Is it possible to create peace of mind abundantly and also create profitable financial abundance at the same time? Yes, that's what I've been teaching. 
but uh, you have to prioritize it because uh, all your questions come from at the end I want to be rich so can you give up the idea of becoming a rich because you have to let go of this idea of uh, becoming wealthy financially my mentor um, who is called Warren Buffett of Japan uh, he said if you want to learn uh, uh, about money from me you have to forget about money that was mm. his first request <laughs> like, oh, wait a second <laughs> you know you're like but how do i make more money <laughs> yes uh, uh so how can i how can i learn about money if i forget about money so he said you're obsessed with money making uh ideas so unless you forget about money i cannot teach you about money so his teaching was very zen so i might be confusing a lot of viewers at the moment because i uh a lot of people always think okay ken that's great and then how can I make money? And then how do you make money? <laughs> so you have to forget it, at least for the next uh, half an hour or so. When you forget it, what should you be focusing on instead? What is the most important thing in your life? And, and that could be your family. That could be your hobbies. That could be uh, certain causes. And, mm -hmm. and if that's more important than money, you should go for it. And uh, I can teach many ways to invite money in after uh, you find what you do. But mm. there are only two kinds of life in, uh, on this planet. Uh, kind of like that you follow your heart, do what you enjoy. The other one is uh, the life that you cannot enjoy. So a lot of people choose the path that you cannot enjoy as long as they can make money. And then they think, okay, if I make enough money, I can retire and start doing what I want to do. But uh, it doesn't happen that way. You'll be lucky if you can make a, a lot of money and then retire. But because you lose a lot of moti uh, motivation, you lose a lot of energy if you go take a path of making money. And then uh, you cannot make money. And even if you're lucky and you, you made it, you don't know how to look for happiness because you sacrifice all the uh, happiness and your peace of mind for money. How can you change the attitude? It's, it's very difficult because uh, all you think is uh, uh, just, just a simple uh, thing, you know, uh, efficiency. How can I cut cost? How can I increase mm -hmm. my wealth? But think about uh, it this way. Um, if you just make a lot of money outside, but if you come home, uh, do you always talk about cutting costs? You know, don't waste your time with your kids. Because all the fun time with kids are wasteful. You know, <laughs> just uh, <laughs> right, right. Pull, pull out all the tissue papers. That's a lot of waste. You know, uh, making a, a pizza with your kids, it takes three hours or four hours. <laughs> if you're a business owner, hire somebody to do it for you. <laughs> right, right. Order from delivery and it's going to taste better. <laughs> yes. Oh, like a cooking something with a family takes three or four years, you know, and making terrible pastas. They don't look good. They don't taste good, but it's right. fun. So, but oftentimes we, we tend to think like, well, we should hire somebody. We, we should outsource it. But how much do you want to outsource? Because you're losing all the fun. So that is my point. Mm. So we should be forgetting about money initially for a moment and thinking about, what are the things we enjoy doing the most? What are the things that bring us the most fulfillment, the most peace of mind, the things that bring us alive? 
And, and just get, getting back to that place as opposed to first obsessing over money first. Remove the obsession and focus on the enjoyment. What happens when we come from a place of enjoyment in life? Does money start to flow more effortlessly when we're being that way? It depends. Because if you're doing a volunteer work, um, money may not follow. So uh, one of my national bestsellers is do what you love and make sure money follows you. Mm. Uh, that means there are so many starving artists. They do what they love, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they can make money. Right. So you have to make sure it's a two different things. But I think if you do what you love, definitely you become happier mm. and less stressed and you'll be more attractive as a person. And that person uh, has a better chance of making money if they choose to. Mm-hmm. But just once again, forget about the money part because uh, making money is just, uh, I'd say, f- one of 14 fields in, the, in life. Um, you know, your self-image or your sense of contribution, uh, you know, connectedness, uh, sense of uh, being connected uh, with nature is often forgotten in the Western world. So there are many fields of happiness so if you focus only one or two, business and money, you, tend, you cannot see all the other 12, for example. Mm-hmm. And, so, and what happens if we don't do the other 12 in our life? Are we missing out on something or is it I think you hurt? just become a very boring business machine. Got it. Yeah, you just talk about money or business all the time. And then uh, I, I have a few friends like that. Yeah, he's fun as long as we talk about business. But if he is, you know, if the topic goes on to, on to art, music, uh, or like life, he he doesn't. Uh, he suddenly becomes quiet because he has nothing. He has no art. He has no music. He has no girlfriend. So you know, <laughs> no food. He doesn't. You know, he only eats just quick burgers and uh, you know energy bars. Mm-hmm. Just to have enough energy to go make more money. <laughs> yeah. So I want to say there are so many um, different fields than money. But we think that uh, making money is the most important. And it's so sad because we are exchanging our life force energy mm-hmm. with salary. So uh, it's almost like we're cutting a piece of our, our, our body parts. And if we do that, you know, that's illegal. But if we just uh, cut up a piece of our life, which is time, somehow it's, it's okay. Interesting. Why, why do you think people are so bad at attracting things they want in general? Maybe not even just money if we're freaking about that, but if they're wanting to attract a, a great relationship, great opportunities, great friends. Why do you think we're, in general, humans are bad at attracting what's really healthy and good for them? I think... Everybody's attracting what he or she wants. So I think uh, the, the question should be, uh, why uh, do we keep attracting what we don't want? <laughs> so uh, Because uh, I think everybody's attracting what he or she truly wants. Uh, you know, uh, one of my students was uh, attracting um, bad guys. No money, no work, and terrible with, uh, uh, he, he always cheats. Mm-hmm. And uh, she knows that. But she bumps into, I mean, she is a master of finding one bad guy out of a thousand good pe- guys. You know, I'm sure there's so, someone like that in North sure. America too. So uh, yeah. she is good at sensing. She's good at spotting. She's good at finding 
uh, a bad person. So, in a sense, she is uh, she is a master of attracting that person. So I think uh, attract uh, attracting what what we deserve or attracting um, who we really want is uh, uh, like clear clarifying who we should uh, attract is more important. So, but but you know that's how life goes. Yeah, so clarifying who we should attract as opposed to who we shouldn't be attracting, is that what mm -hmm. you're saying? But unfortunately, uh, my friend's mechanism, psychologically, uh, she is not ready for a good, honest mm. person because she gets excited when she gets abused in a certain way. Interesting. So it's a, a programming, so you have to really uh, start healing yourself. Otherwise, mm. you don't know what, what, uh, what to want. Uh, so... I think the tragedy of this um, planet is people are confused about what they want. So they're complaining about what they attracted. And at the same time, okay, this is life. So part of them are uh, depressed and also given up. And somebody like mm -hmm. a very, very, very few people like yourself, Louise, um, know sort of like how to get out of this, uh, you know, box, you know, and then and look at yourself like, oh, I was a battery, <laughs> and then stuff starts flying, right? Yeah. I'm curious, when I was uh, younger in my career, I was, I was broke. I was living on my sister's couch. I was making, I don't know, a couple hundred bucks a month maybe um, in Ohio, in America, and I had a mentor that I was learning from and I was working for, and I was just kind of taking on every different job I could at this place. Uh, to learn as many skills as possible. And, and after six months, I was trying to do my own thing on the side as well. And after six months, I remember saying to him, I was like, man, I, I feel like I could really use some money right now. I feel like I'm still struggling and it's, it's no fun just being broke every, every day and relying on other people to help me financially. I could really use some money. And he said something to me I'll, I'll always remember. He said, money comes to you when you're ready for it. And I, and I was like, I feel really ready, though. I feel like I'm ready to make some money, you know. <laughs> like, bring it to me now. I'm, I'm, I need this. And he said, it'll come to you when you're ready for it. And it, it started to come maybe a year later. And then it started to really come the next couple of years. And I look back at that always. And I think I wasn't ready at that time. I, I wanted it. I needed it, potentially. But I wasn't ready for it. How do we reprogram our minds to either heal or shift our perspective to be ready for the money, the relationship, the, the healthier opportunity for us? I think the question should be, what do you need, why, and wh why, what do you need the money for? Unless you're clear with what you wanna do, I think you will never be ready. Uh, I, I have a, a, you know, young, young people, like your young, per, you know, your young person back there, back then say, Ken, I want to make one trillion dollars. <laughs> I want to be For a billionaire. One. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, and I say, uh, what are you going to use, what are you going to do with the money? And he says, I don't know. <laughs> and if you don't know, you don't need it. <laughs> and then mm. uh, people say, I need a million dollars. And I ask, my question is, why do you need the money? And they say, I want to feel secure. So uh, do you think one million would be enough? And she or he would say, 
oh, three million, please. <laughs> and then life doesn't go that way. Money comes after what you give out to the world. It's just mm -hmm. a reward. Uh, I'd say, to be precise, it's just a one portion of the uh, prize or reward that you've given out so much to the society. So that's why my mentor said, forget about the money. You know, you have to focus on what you want to put out. So if you put out so much, ready or not, money will come. Mm -hmm. just, just think about it. If you come up with a great app on iPhone and then release it uh, worldwide, uh, like or not, ready or not, money will come, flood in. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. How about Captain Crunch's Crunch Berries with breakfast? Whoa, Dad, we're on Crunch Island. <gasps> it's Jean Foot. <laughs> and he stole our crunch. Quick, the zip line. He's getting away. Throw our last Crunch Berry. No! No one steals my crunch berries. I think you mean my crunch berries. Choose your own crunch venture with Captain Crunch. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent, being there day and night, and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. So if you find um, something that will um, change the way people live, or uh, if you just, uh, if you can offer something to the world that people love enough to pay you, there will be money. So uh, if you get stuck with a mind game, uh, you have to really look at the reality. Uh, otherwise, you have to get stuck uh, in this place of, I have low self-image. That's why I cannot make mm -hmm. it. You know, um, it doesn't really matter. You don't need confidence. You don't need a college degree or MBA. Uh, all you need is curiosity. What if I become that? What if I, I have a million dollars? What would I do? And if you're so excited about the way to spend your first million dollars, you will find uh, the shortcut to the million dollars. But by the way, uh, the first million dollars you make, uh, you're going to waste your money anyway. So <laughs> as you know, <laughs> so, you know, the first million will be uh, spent on something stupid. Somebody takes it. Mm -hmm. That's uh, uh, sort of like a membership fee. Yeah, the price to admission. Yeah. <laughs> Wealthy per people's club. So your first meeting will be lost anyway. And I've, lo uh, I've written a book on, on those. But, uh, but if you know, and if you have this mission and passion 
of how to spend your first one or $10 million, you are on the right track because、uh, now the energy will、uh, support you.、Mm. I had a friend、uh, going back to your point about you know, how much money do you want? A million dollars? Well, actually, I'll take $3 million. I had a friend who sold a company for nine figures recently. And his equity got diluted over time. So he really only came home with maybe 15 or 18 million, which is still a lot of money, but it was a nine figure business that he created and launched. And at the end of it, he spent a bunch of money on some big party with friends. And then he bought like a, you know, a boat or you know, another house. And then he's like, oh, I've only got like, I don't know, seven or eight million dollars left. And then to live a lifestyle that I'm at now, this, This only lasts so long. You know, I can't keep only a few years. Way. <laughs> yeah, it only lasts a few years. So it's like, so part of it is adjusting your lifestyle to figure out what you need and why you really need it. And, and just being aware of that because, you know, one million turns into three, needing three million turns into needing 20 million, and it's never going to feel enough、um, if you're living in a certain lifestyle. And so, what should we be thinking about instead of like, I want to make a million dollars? Should we be reframing that in a different way? First of all, you really have to figure out what you want in your life. Do you want,、yeah. to, to, do you want to make it?、Uh, do you want to be a success socially? But you could, become, you could end up being a loser personally. <laughs> so,、mm-hmm. do you want to be a, a happy person or do you want to be a wealthy person?、Uh, you can take both. But、uh, the way to happy and wealthy people only has an opening、uh, who aim for happiness first. Mm, I love this because most people think once I'm there, then I'll be happy, then I'll respect myself, then I'll get the attention I want. But what I'm hearing you say is the only way to happy and wealthy is through happiness first. Yes. And then if you're lucky or if it's your destiny, I would say you may be rewarded with money. But you know, there are many lives that、um, necessarily money will follow, but you can still、uh, enjoy life. And stay very happy because if you go after money, you, you could,、uh, you're likely to lose everything your peace of mind. And those people who, who put money first,、uh, you, your clients love that. You know, just、uh, um, think about two florists. By the way, I always carry uh, uh, flowers like this, you know,、um, in front of me. So、uh, there are Two florists, for example,、um, just nearby your house. One florist, always think of the cost. Instead of 10 roses, I should,、uh, I should give nine roses, you know,、uh, instead of good roses, maybe smaller ones so they can cut costs, right? The other、mm-hmm. florist, always just bring in the best flowers and always take good care of it so that it will last on, on their houses. Where would you go? You know, so if you、yeah. are good at math and good at business uh, uh, in the short term, they will lose long term. So,、mm. people who love flowers, and then、uh, he or she can talk about the roses for hours, those people really care that、um, you, you just, they, they care about the roses uh, on, uh, in your house. You know, they're just praying their kids will、yes. stay longer so, you know, people can enjoy. And, you know, they're、yeah. not,、uh, they might think about the cost, but the love of the flowers is bigger, you know, than the business. But those people 
are the ones that I think all the clients would, would go to. So eventually, they will succeed. Yeah, I love that. Do you think it's possible then? Because I heard you mention that you know some may not be your destiny. Do you think it's possible for anyone to achieve financial freedom if that's what they're looking for, and and stay happy? Yes, uh, theoretically, yes. But some people are not uh, interested in money that much. I think you and I have this quest for truth, you know, quest for uh, hunger service. for uh, uh, service. So those people uh, could become financially success. But if you don't have the motivation, and if you're just a uh, kind of person who just enjoys uh, enjoys looking at the flowers all day without anything, but those people uh, may not achieve financial independence. But uh, when I grab him, are you okay without uh, uh, achieving financial success? And he would say, oh, it's okay as long as I, I can take uh, you know um, this time to look at roses all day. So right. it's, I think it's um, his or her business if he or she wants to achieve financial independence. Because uh, think about it this way. Uh, even if you don't achieve financial independence, if you have 20 wealthy friends who take good care of you because they love you, uh, do you think he or she needs to have a million dollars in your bank account? No. So uh, if you become a lovable person and uh, receive a certain respect, I think you're okay. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, so you don't, you don't have to uh, achieve financial independence, but you need to uh, really figure out what's most important for you right now. Otherwise, all your life is filled with preparation for uh, financial success and business success. But your most precious time is in your 20s and 30s and 40s. Oh, by the way, uh, my uh, national bestsellers uh, series is uh, 17 things to do in your teens and 20s and 30s. I sold about uh, more than 2 million copies. So I wow. interviewed people in their 20s, people in their 30s and 40s and 50s. And the, the common question I ask all, of all their generations what, what do you regret most that you didn't in your 40s? And what, mm. what, what are the thing, three things that you regret most that you didn't do in your 60s? You know, I grabbed uh, people in their six, 70s and 80s. You know, uh, looking back, uh, so I'm in my 50s. So like I grabbed people in the six, 60s and 70s. What would you yeah. regret in, in your 50s? And, uh, you know, people often talk about especially successful, uh, my older successful friends in the 70s, 80s, they have like a few public companies. And they, uh, they say, I spent too much time and energy on business. Wow. Yeah, I didn't have to build this empire. You know, <laughs> it's okay personally to have uh, only 5% or 10% of the success I made. But I wish I was at the soccer game for my boys. No, I wish mm. I spent more uh, dinner, uh, date dinner with my wife. I wish I spent more time on concert hall, but I just missed those uh, because of my business meetings. And I was, I think I was very addicted to making money. 
and I regret that I, that I didn't spend much time uh, traveling and chatting with friends, you know, talking nonsense, just laugh and over beer. Uh, I, I wish I, I could waste, go back and waste all my time. <laughs> wow. Why do you think that there are so many people in the world that have this idea they want to build an empire? But then later, I'm hearing you say a majority of people are saying, and maybe there are some people in their 60s, 70s, and 80s that are like holding on to, they're really proud of the empire they've built, and they don't regret anything. Maybe there's some people out there, but I'm hearing you say a lot of people wish they would take less of their empire for more time with people they cared about. Why is it so, why is it this thing that we think about building an empire? I think it's uh, uh, embedded in a human gene, I guess, you know, the Genghis Khan uh, of uh, 14th century. 95% uh, of the time, he was in a battle. Uh, he ended up, he, uh, he built one of the biggest empires of the human history, but he ended up, uh, uh, he ended up dying in his uh, temporary uh, tent in the war. So all the business tycoons could end up dying in a hotel room where they were going to sign the biggest contract ever. So uh, once again, uh, what do you want to do in your life? You know, what do you um, respect or cherish most? And if you don't uh, respect that now, you cannot respect that in 10 years. And your precious life is only, I would say, uh, from 25 to 55. And if you are 65, you can have a good time, but still I think a lot of events happen from age 25 to 55. And if you keep, I mean, that's a working hours too, <laughs> so years. So if you just focus on um, life, um, mostly on business, uh, you lose most of your fun time. So um, if you're um, too business oriented, you really have to uh, change the priorities of life. Otherwise, you're going to re regret in 20 years. Yeah. I'm a big believer that you mentioned charity work, that it maybe if people are focused on uh, charity where they're not focused on the money as much, then they may not build as much wealth for themselves. Uh, uh, let me know what you think about this thought. I'm a big believer that the amount of money we make is directly related to the amount of value we bring to others or to the marketplace or to the world. And our, and our ability to position and package that value in order to receive money. Would you, would you agree or add or, or take anything from that? I, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. So, but that's only uh, as long as you calculate into financial value. Yeah. You know, there are certain things, like say a kindergarten, a teacher who mm. spends, uh, he or he, yep. she spends all her passion, all his passion into uh, kids in front of him or her. And he or she is adding great value, but only, only for five kids. And they're, they, they just love it. So uh, I don't want to uh, talk to these guys, okay, you can leverage this, <laughs> you can package your, your knowledge and just outsource it or start selling in you know, a mass scale. I wouldn't yeah. do that because they are truly enjoying their quality time. Absolutely. So, uh, a certain thing uh, is not measured by uh, financial numbers. 
and or, Absolutely. or 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 elderly uh, homes. You know, if I, I know a lot of people who work there, it's hard working time. You know, they they stay up all night, or like nurses. You know, they're just doing so much, but that doesn't mean necessarily mean that she gets two million dollars a year. So this financial system. Is mm-hmm. uh, went too extreme. That's why um, I think there could be a, a big shift happening in the pa- in the next few years. So right. it'll be uh, more fair to older people. What happens when we compare ourselves to people on social media who seem to have all this wealth or financial abundance, or to our friends or peers or people at work who are maybe making more or less than us what happens to us personally when we compare when we compare our, our financial situation with others so I uh, jokingly advise people if you want to be happy stay away from uh, Facebook because uh, <laughs> it's likely to make you feel miserable <laughs> yeah if you're not ready uh, if you if you don't have uh, you know a good mentality Facebook is a killer for your happiness because there's always somebody out there somehow who is eating at the better restaurant, who is dating a, a, a better looking person, you know, both guys and, and women, mm-hmm. and also who is uh, buying a, a bigger house, a nicer house than we live in, nicer clothes, you know, so uh, and they're having a better vacation somewhere outside, exotic. So there's always somebody better, somebody uh, who is, is worth more. But if you start comparing uh, your friends and others with you, that is a, a shortcut uh, to unhappiness. So if you, if you use Facebook to congratulate your friends and figure out what's possible for you, I think Facebook is a gem, you know, because you can see uh, uh, people's houses. I want that. Congrat- congratulations for you. Oh, I'm so happy that you find him. You know, if your mentality is like that, I think Facebook is a great place to be. But if yeah. you just feel jealous or competitive, I think it's an, such an exhausting place. <laughs> and I mentioned this uh, briefly, but I wanted to dive in a little deeper about this, about kind of healing your financial wounds. If, if, if we have a, you know, a wound financially or we're in debt and we're ashamed of it and we're not able to get out of that debt, how would you say we start the process of healing our financial identity or wounds that hold us back from financial abundance? Uh-huh. Luis, thank you. That's a very good question. Uh, oftentimes, money can bring the worst and the best uh, uh, emotions out of you. Uh, negative emotions could be anger, frustration, resentment, and the good uh, positive uh, emotions could be like love and happiness. And if you're in debt, uh, money only pulls uh, bad negative emotions such as shame, guilt, frustration. But it's because you look at money, uh, debt, uh, almost like a punishment or curse. Uh. But I always advise people who are in debt uh, to turn that uh, view uh, differently. So I would say, you know, um, like five years ago, ten years ago, you borrowed the money from a bank or friends. That means they trusted you. They trusted your earning ability so you can pay back. So debt is not a curse or burden. It's a trust placed on you. You know, a a totally stranger bank, they knew 
they figure it out, you'll be able to pay back. Isn't that great news? Yeah. Yeah. If you cannot trust that, I don't know if I can pay back, they did. So that means they have a, a better trust than you. So you can thank them for trusting you. So if uh, it's like your parents or grandparents who believe in you more than you do yourself. So <laughs> those financial institutions are like mentors and supporters. So uh, you can, uh, I think, pay back uh, their uh, trust every, every month. So interest is uh, a form of appreciation from you. Thank mm -hmm. you for trusting me. So mm -hmm. every time when you think of that, instead of feeling, oh, I'm burdened, I'm chained, you know, like a slave, just think of it this way. You know, you have such a trust and love from a total stranger, your ability to pay back. So you just imagine uh, a few bankers' faces and just say, thank you so much for trusting me. Thank you mm. so much for believing in, in my paying back abilities. So to appreciate, to, to answer, uh, to respond to your uh, trust and love, I'll make sure to pay back every time and to show my appreciation, I pay you back the interest. So mm. thank you. Uh, every time you, you take see a bill, instead of looking at it, oh, no, like a curse <laughs> or a death sentence, you know, you can say, oh, thank you. Mm, I love you. <laughs> so you can turn it around. Yeah. Was there ever a time in your life where you struggled with money? Actually, to be honest, I have been lucky uh, to be able to uh, live my life without struggling with money. My father taught me well in my early teens and 20s. So I actually never borrowed anybody from, from anything. I borrowed $10 from a friend in college, but that's about the, the only uh, cash I needed. I bought my real estates in cash, uh, bought mm. cars, cars in cash. Uh, so I didn't want to build an empire. So I, I, I'm not a billionaire, but I have enough financial resources uh, uh, so I can uh, actually live freely. But I never um, borrowed any money or I've never been in a financial situation that I uh, needed to um, struggle uh, because uh, I had always great people, great friends who helped me with money, investing, and enough really? trust. Yeah, so I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones. So in that sense, I cannot really teach people how to get out of a bad place where many financial experts say, I had only $2 in my bank account, and now look at me, you know. I have been uh, fairly wealthy all my life. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent, being there day and night, and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, Trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. That way. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And what was another 
lesson that your mentor told you after he said, forget about money? What was the next few lessons that really inspired you? I think arigato, arigato your money is a word he's, he, he used. So what can I do? You know, I wanted to know the、uh, stock tips. Okay, buy Apple、mm. <laughs> or buy Sony or whatever that is. And he, he said, arigato your money. And that is a shortcut to financial independence. <laughs> and arigato your money. And then that's it. You know, my turn is gone. And there are like a、uh, hundred other people、uh, wanting to ask him questions. You know, if you're with Warren Buffett, you cannot, you know, <laughs> get his attention more than two minutes. Sure. So I figure, I try to figure out arigato your money. And、uh, I just looked at everywhere, but there's no, no, nothing about thank your money. And then I became a student of Wahei、uh, personally, so I could spend hours. I spent hours with him afterwards, so I could really get to ask him about the meaning of、uh, thanking your money. He said,、uh, when money comes in, say, Arigato, or thank you to money. And when you pay money, when money leaves your life, once again say, Arigato to your money. You bow to your money, and then、uh, really thank the money for staying with you. Even though it's a short visit, thank you for staying. So, money will love that. And then at night, money will just start to chatter. Ken is a good place. <laughs> you should go. <laughs> and then, I like that. And then money will come back. So, I, I couldn't really figure out why he was joking or not, but I think he sounded serious. So, his secret is thanking your money. And I asked him why. He said, Human mind can only focus one thing at a time. So, if you focus on thanking your money, appreciate, appreciating your money, money appreciates. So, his teaching is very Zen. So, once you think subconsciously, money is great, money is fun, money is lovable, and then you will become a magnet to money. But, but、mm. if you just go for money,、uh, money will run away from you. It's like、uh, dating. You know, if you just try to get girls or boys, they run away. But if you don't, They'll come to you. Sure. I love this approach. And this is something I've been doing for years, actually. I can't remember if I learned this somewhere or if I just saw someone talking about this. When I see payments come through in my email or my bank or wherever they come through, I say thank you. I say thank you every time, whether it's a dollar or you know, a big check. I'm like, thank you, thank you. I really appreciate it. I don't, I don't say thank you when I'm paying something. Why, and、I'm, I want to try this because I think it's an interesting approach. Why should we also say thank you when we're sending out money、uh, to others? Because、uh, if, you get a, if you get a bill, that means you, somebody did something for you. For example, if it's an electricity bill, you know, because of、uh, the electricity company,、um, I can use the internet, I can use the lighting and microphone and computer. And it's not only one man job. Uh, there's this、uh, service person, there's this、uh, people who are at the power plants,、uh, and also there's somebody who just brought、uh, oil to Japan from the Middle East. And, and there are, I don't know, thousands of people、uh, working for the electricity, and they make sure that it's、uh, in my house installed properly. So there、mm-hmm. are millions of uh,、um, uh, reasons to appreciate the electricity. And if it's,、uh, say, it's a,、uh, if it's $300 or $500 or、uh, maybe short,、uh, smaller or bigger, wow, you know, 
if I'm asked to uh, install somebody's house with that electricity, I, I cannot do that with this money. So thank you for just giving me the electricity. Th thank you for giving me water. Thank you mm -hmm. for uh, serving me good meal at the restaurant. Thank you for giving me a ride like Uber. So you can thank the person who gave you the service and product. So the, the reason you, you have to pay, you're getting something in, in exchange and usually takes more than one or two or could be a hundred people's work. And then yeah. uh, you ask the money, thank them too. So that means that the money you give to the electricity company will be paid to all the people. Wow. So like I can, it's like a magic wand. Even if it's a hundred dollars, this magic wand can, uh, will start saying, thank you, thank you, thank you guys. <laughs> so, you know, it'll just uh, thank, it's, it's like a domino effect, effect of uh, thank you. So it's not yeah. just thanking your money, thanking the people who are connected with me. So uh, we are all living on this planet together. So if we have this feeling, everybody's feeling this way, we all connected. We all connected with uh, people in the Middle East. We all connected with the people in Russia, Africa, China, US. Uh, like it or not, we are all connected. So do we hate each other or do we appreciate one another? So if we start doing more, there will be uh, no exploitation of any kind. That's the economy I want to see in the coming years. Yeah. It's such a uh, simple philosophy and practice that I think if we can all start to do it a little more with money and with everything, the people that we see, our friends, thanking them when they're coming, thanking them when they're leaving for their time, their attention. My girlfriend does this with our meals every time we eat together. She's really thank. She puts a lot of time and attention thanking the people that just made this, the people that delivered the food to the restaurant, the people who harvested the food, you know, and all the people. And it's not something I did until about a year ago with food, and it's something that I've sh I've noticed my digestive system relaxing, like me just taking in the moment and and feeling a better sense of joy and happiness while eating food as opposed to just eating protein bars to get to the next thing. Um, but really appreciating it. And I think when we appreciate things, when, which I'm hearing you say, when you appreciate money, when it comes, when it goes, when you appreciate food, when you appreciate your home, your family, your friends, those things will appreciate in value and they'll want to come to you more. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yes, exactly. And, and uh, Luis, you know what, I, what I've been talking about. And you've been practicing it without knowing, maybe. But right. uh, I think you've been doing it as a natural person. You know, there are a certain things like a natural business person, natural artist. So you're one of the natural people who, who just uh, appreciate things. You know, that's I why do, you're yeah. successful and people love you. And uh, so if you want to be like, uh, if, 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 if the viewers like, uh, want to be like Louis, you have to learn what he's doing, you know. So it's not just uh, uh, small habits, but I think the attitude of, mm. uh, toward life. And somehow uh, there are the only two kinds, you know, one, one kind is uh, people who keep appreciating, the other one keep um, complaining about it. So if you just, uh, you know, it, it could be something very small, but after 20 years, your life will be very different. So I hope mm. everybody will appreciate one another a little bit, a little bit more from yesterday.
And what happens if we start complaining about money more, whether it be just kind of frustrated little comments here and there, you know, what happens to to money in our life when we complain about it as opposed to appreciate it and, and thank it? So uh, if you start complaining about money, uh, like 95% of us, <laughs> mm-hmm. money, just uh, look at from a money's perspective. You know, if you've been complaining about it, oh, I don't want to go to him anymore. <laughs> And then <laughs> and, and it's like a mutual feeling is feeling is mutual. Okay, you, you can complain about it. Okay, fine, I'm not going to come to you. <laughs> so, uh, and I think subconsciously, if you are complaining about money, you don't want it to be near you. So my favorite question to people is, if money was a person, who would it be? That means mm. uh, if money was a person, would it be a fun person? Always joking, always making, uh, entertaining you, or is somebody like a, a assassin, you know, who's who's going to try to hurt you or scare you, or gangsters who try to, you know, uh, uh, intimidate you. So uh, if you're complaining, money may not be a, such a fun, good person. So I I think by complaining, you become uh, you make money a villain. And you don't want the scary person to live in your house. So uh, for happy, wealthy people, money is their best friend. They're so happy to welcome them at home. You know, when you open the door, I find you, Louis. Louis, thanks. Just come on here. Just, you know, grab a beer. Just you treat your best friend like that. But if you complain about that, and if uh, you find that uh, person in front of you, doorstep, money comes here. No, 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 I don't, need, I don't need you here. Get out of here. So that person cannot invite money in. Sure, sure. What would you, you said you've been financially, you know, uh, free or stable your entire life. You haven't had like a, an issue with it personally. You never had to really face that. Let's put a hypothetical scenario out there. And I'm sure people have asked you this before. But if for whatever reason you, you didn't have any money, it was gone. You know, you didn't have your businesses, you didn't have any money, you didn't have any savings. For whatever reason, in this hypothetical world, it was gone. What would be your next three moves in order to just get back to a, a stable financial place for yourself? I just asked my friends, hi, hi, this is Ken. Can I have some money? <laughs> I lost everything. Can you wire me money? You know, I, I don't need to borrow. I just want my friends to give it to me. So... uh you don't have to, you know, just uh, uh, feel burdened. But what, how much is fun for you? Just a wire to me. My account is this, and then I just pray. <laughs> Never <laughs> see. So you would ask them just for for money without actually having to pay it back, is what you're saying? Yeah. Uh, thank you. Can you send me happy money, please? <laughs> and then I'll probably do the same thing with my uh, readers and and viewers. Uh, I uh-huh. have a. You know, I've sold 8 million uh, books and my uh, podcast has uh, 50 million downloads. And uh, I personally have heard so many fun, great stories how they achieve financial independence. So this is a time, okay, my friends, you know, you can pay me back now. (laughs) I'm in need. Sure. So if they feel like uh, sending me a a dollar or two dollars, any dollars will be fine. You know, I will do wow. a thank you, thank you live, you know, in two months. So <laughs> please start wiring money now. <laughs> and see I like how it that. goes. 
<laughs> See how it goes. Okay, that's step one. What would be the, what would be the next thing you would do? I like the approach. Just sometimes, sometimes just asking for what we want is what we need to start with. Just saying, hey, can someone? Can you give me five hundred dollars? Can you give me ten thousand dollars? Can you give me this? Are you open to it? People, maybe a lot of people say no, uh, and and that's okay as well. But just asking for what you want, yes, is is a good first step. Okay, what else would you do? So, uh, by the way, I wouldn't do something like crowdfunding. Like if you just, you know, uh, pay me $100, I'll do this. That's a give and take. So what I would say is like, hi, guys, please wire me some money. That's for one thing, right? The other thing is like I'll ask my friends who has uh, um, uh, extra uh, guest room or extra house. And I'll ask them if I could uh, use your extra room or extra house. And then um, I'll ask them how, how long and can I use your chauffeur and the housemates there and, then, <laughs> and can I buy the foods, you know, on your account. <laughs> and so I'll just make sure and then I'll just stay there uh, and or stay with my friends and uh, I'll just ask my friends, what do you think I should do? Mm-hmm. And then they'll give me advice and I'll just um, I'll do that myself. Uh, I'll, I'll do that uh, tour for questionnaire tour. What mm-hmm. should Ken do for the rest of his life tour? So <laughs> I can even make it open to public. Uh, if you let Ken, uh, Ken stay overnight and just tell him what he should do, uh, you have to give him food and shelter. <laughs> Anybody's welcome. Here's the <laughs> link. <laughs> so I was, I'm kind of curious how many people will just sign up for that. So I'll stay mm. over there for a night, and then I just listen, you know, I, um, without any advice. If they want advice, I'm happy to give one. But my, I, I only need only one bed, one night, and also nice food. And I don't drink uh, alcohol, so just uh, orange juice or just water will be fine. And if, if they want me to um, say something, I'm happy to talk. So let's see. So I have many creative ideas. Uh, that people want me to do. Mm-hmm. So the reason I'm not afraid of money or I'm not losing everything is that um, even if I lose everything, my friends will never let me down. Uh, mm. And then um, I, at least I, I can count on 20 or 30 friends who would probably give me uh, an extra million dollars you know, for me to get going because wow. they're pretty wealthy. And I'm, and I'm part of a, a wealth building uh, history for them. Right. You've helped them. You've helped them make a lot more money over time. So they'd be happy to give you some money. Gotcha. I'm not going to send them bills, <laughs> but I'm sure my friends would uh, be generous enough to uh, give me something. So I'm not worried about that because I've done so much to support people, even strangers. Um, so um, uh, this would be a fun challenge for me. It's a perfect uh, surrender. So mm. um I might do that in my 60s or 70s. There you go. Yeah, just just lose all your money. <laughs> yeah. So my inspiration is actually an American person, Buckminster Fuller, uh, you know, who's a great uh, person. And uh, what he did uh, in his, uh, uh, his ending days was he donated all the money he had on the eve of the year. So he started, he started with zero. Every year. Yes, that's what I heard. So wow. every year he donated, he, he gave away all the money he made and then 
start his next year with zero. And, and I'm very enticed into his lifestyle. I cannot do that now yet, but I may be able to do that uh, in my 70s and 80s. I'm curious, um, did he make more money every year starting from zero? I don't know, but I, I, but I think he didn't really care. I would, I would bet that if, let's say in five or 10 years, that you're like, you know what, I'm going to donate all my money or do something with it and not have any. I bet in one year, you would earn more back than all the years combined with that experiment of, I have nothing, or you wouldn't need to earn that much and you would just be, like people would be giving you money to pay your bills and support you and you'd be happy and that's all you need. Mm-hmm. But I bet you could go around and ask 30 rich friends and say, hey, can you give me a half a million dollars each? And they'd probably do it. Yeah, so it's not fun. So I wouldn't do it. So I'll, I'll just uh, <laughs> go into this uh, total surrender and ask for help and ask strangers yeah. to let me stay. And I can write another international bestseller too. There you go. <laughs> and you could generate revenue by creating that story. I like that. Yeah, so. Do you, have you seen any situation with all the people you've helped and inspired and spoken with over the years, have you seen any situation where money buys happiness? Luis, you're asking me so many great questions I never even thought of. So <laughs> thank you for just uh, of course making me so creative. Yes, so I have seen so many happy stories and sad stories around money because without asking, people come to me, Ken, do you have a minute? You know amazing thing happened to me. So I have all the weird and strange stories that people would not believe it. So maybe I'll, I'll come up with a 50 amazing stories, you know, uh, like my mentor, uh, Jack Canfield Chicken Soup series, you know. Mm -hmm. He's great. Money, uh, money stories are so fascinating. So uh, a lot of happy money stories. So one time, for example, uh, who was my student, who lost everything, uh, and then he he uh, no, she found out uh, that she had cancer. She got fired, and then uh, her husband was cheating on on, on her, and then mm. uh, he left. So she suddenly she she doesn't have a home, she doesn't have health, she doesn't have money. So she stayed with her best friend for a while, and then. I just give my seminar for free, uh, like 10% of the seats are free. Uh, so uh, I'm, I give it to financially challenged people now. So she, I think she was one of the uh, you know, pay, paid forward seats. And then she really got inspired. And so she said, within a year, I'll manifest a, like a jewelry designing. I'll manifest a jewelry designer job. And also I'll find in the final independence now find my partner, uh, better one than the last one, in a year. And I said, a year? Maybe three years, you know, she said, no, no, <laughs> a year. And uh, after about that, she came back again. And that, then she said, you know, Ken, what, uh, what happened? Uh, she was proposed by a owner of the jewelry store. And then he's, you know, he has some money, you know, he's de dealing with jewelry. And uh, he's such a sweet person. Uh, his wife died a few years before. So he's a very sincere person. So she got the money 
the uh, you know uh, the love of her life, and then he asked her,、uh, "I don't know if you like working, but I want you to be part of this designing division." <laughs> and、mm. then she got everything. So、uh, life is、uh, giving you、uh, full of surprises if you are ready to receive. Wow, that's beautiful. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent, being there day and night, and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. I'm curious about morning routine of millionaires and those that create financial abundance. What they do in their morning routine to help them attract more abundance. And I have a feeling. That you're going to talk a lot about doing the things you enjoy that bring you more happiness and fulfillment in the morning, so that you can be energetically a magnet for more opportunities during the day. But what would you say are some of the habits of happy millionaires, where they're happy, healthy, living a rich, full life, but they're also able to create financial abundance? For me personally, I always start thinking. Of fun things、uh, that are going to unfold during the day, like、oh. this morning, I woke up five five and start thinking, oh, you know, I'm I'm on Louis show. Thank him, you know, I'm I'm, I'm thanking you in in my imagination. Thank you, Louis, for inviting me. I can't wait to see. And、uh, I have another interview right after this. It's a Japanese interview, and I'm very、uh, so happy to do that. And also、uh, another meeting with uh, uh, my editor. I'm finishing another book, so that'll、wow. be fun. And then a few other things. But so I just start、uh, sort of like uh, rehearsing uh, my my day, and then uh, imagine uh, people that I touch. I'm I'm going to touch through you, Louis,、mm. especially with you. I'm going to touch many people's heart with this. So. I really appreciate you for giving me this opportunity、uh, to be able to connect with your friends and viewers, your fans. Absolutely, it's such a great honor. So、uh, I feel so overwhelmed by the appreciation and、uh, and wow, this think of this ripple effect. If ten thousand people really get it and then start treating them more nicely, their family members start saying thank you five times more than they did. What's going to happen? So, I cannot,、uh, you know, stop this excitement. So, when I am full of excitement, I gotta get out of my bed <laughs> and then start my day. Sure. So that's something you do. You really think about thanking the experiences that will coming, appreciation in the morning. Do you do anything else for yourself personally, or do you have you heard of any other routines or habits of people that what they do in the morning? Yes, Louis, we're the same minds because I always ask the same question to other people. <laughs> you know, I can I, I can write a book for for you. You know,、uh, the、yeah. morning habits of Japanese millionaires, right? I like that. 
Well, I wrote a, I wrote, I wrote a, I wrote a little mini book called the millionaire morning, which is, which is the habits and routines. But I'm always curious if there's other stuff in different parts of the world that people do to, to bring in wealth and, and abundance. Yeah. So a lot of Japanese millionaires, they have a little shrine in their homes. So uh, it, it, it's a mini miniature design of a, a house. I have it in, in my uh, pr- private office. And they always pray uh, mm. for just a minute or two, uh, sort of like a meditation. And uh, this is like an appreciation exercise. So thank you for just, you know, uh, for letting me be alive. And thank you for uh, my family's health. Thank you for my business. And they all pray for the success and prosperity for their clients and customers. So a lot of millionaires, they pray for uh, customers and clients here, so uh, their happiness. So uh, I think that's uh, probably the common Japanese millionaires' attitudes. They pray for their customers and uh, customers, clients, and then their employees, and Mm. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy and open for new opportunities. So that's how they pray to their ancestors and to the eight million gods around us and start mm. their day. Wow, that's beautiful. Anything else? In the morning, you know, there are, uh, you know, no identical things because some people skip breakfast, others eat big ones. And uh, I don't see any correlation with uh, health either in people are fine with only one meal a day. People sh- uh, uh, who eat eight meals, small meals a day, they're both perfectly healthy. So I think it's probably up to you how you find your own uh, sort of like a secret because yeah. it's very different. and Your wife could be different. So you really have to find your own uh, habits and own lifestyle. And if you f- like it, uh, you can keep going. So I think the only criteria... If you if it doesn't go uh, if it does, if you cannot continue, that's not your thing. Right, right. Yeah. So don't please don't force yourself to do it. <laughs> yeah. What about people? What about relationships? The people we choose to be in relationships with, whether it be our intimate partners, um, our spouses. How important is it for us to be in the right intimate relationships in our life? in order to energetically also bring in wealth? I think uh, partnership is uh, one of the most important ones because if you say you have 100 energy and if she or he has 100 energy, if it's multiplied, it becomes 10,000. But if it's minus, 100 minus 100 is zero. And if you, even if you're 100, if he or she is minus 100, you become minus one. Minus ten thousand. So wow. you, uh, it, I think it's uh, uh, the same with your uh, team. You really have to find a uh, trustworthy person uh, who um, who can multiply with you. So mm-hmm. I'm very picky about who to pick. Uh, very sincere, trustworthy person. So I can uh, I can get, I can just have my secretary manage all my assets. Uh, and then I'm okay. I, I trust her with all my all, all my life. And all my people who are working with me have been working more than 10 years. Wow. So I, I trust them with my life. I hope uh, that they trust me with their life. So 
uh, I think we have this very strong, uh, deep bond. So um, if that happens, I think miracles keep happening. And that's how I uh, do business here. That's beautiful. Do you think it's Do you think it's easier to build financial abundance when you're in a beautiful, flourishing, intimate relationship or when you're single and alone? So I don't want to sound judgmental. Uh, it's almost like a trip. You know, uh, some trip, it's more fun to be alone. Yeah. But if you just can't, uh, bring your friends, like f uh, uh, four or five, that's fun. And if you bring your mate, you know, husband and a wife or a girlfriend and boyfriend, that's a different kind of fun. So if life is a trip, do you want to go solo or do you want to do with a couple or do you mm -hmm. want to go with a group? So um, I think the business is the same. So uh, personally speaking, I like uh, my life with a partner uh, and with my trusted friends. And I, I like, uh, you know, I, I, I like reading tours, uh, you know, uh, trip with Ken Honda is a very popular one. You know, I, I'm on the bus and just bus guide saying, you know, uh, <laughs> I bring people to Israel and the U.S. and all kinds of places. It's part of my fun, too. But I like my solo trip, too. So if you like a solo trip, that's beautiful. And if you like a trip with uh, your partner, that's beautiful, too. So it's up to you. Yeah. And what is the Zen approach to investing? And what type of investments should we be making with our money, do you think? Yeah, you need uh, uh, three hours uh, <laughs> for me to talk about it. <laughs> because I was with my Zen master, Warren Buffett Zen master, right? So uh, he, he said, uh, he, you should invest in a company with a virtue, with a business code. Uh, if the company has a high virtue, uh, they're going to flourish. Mm. If the company puts uh, 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 money first, they're going to go down eventually. Interesting. So you have to find a company with a high virtue and, uh, and, and, and high self-esteem. So I asked Wahe, uh, so uh, how can I find a company with a virtue? And he said, uh, if you don't have it, you cannot see it. <laughs> so mm, that's, that was his answer. So find a company that has a great business code and motive, and that company will flourish. And, but that depends on the management team and the uh, uh, creator of the company. Uh, and, and if that person dies or gets sick, the company kind of goes down. Mm -hmm. So you yeah. really have to uh, see that. Um, that's what Wahe said. But uh, just one tip about investing. Uh, these days, uh, just uh, uh, regular people started asking me questions about investing. And I think it's a bad sign. You know, remember a shoeshine boy asked um, a wealthy businessman, what stock should I buy? And then he, he went back to his office and sold everything. That happened in tw uh, 1929. And then the similar things I hear now, very young people in the, in the high school day age, they ask me, uh, Ken, how can I start investing? And I think it's a bad sign. So I think why is it why is it a bad sign? Because uh, I feel this, this this we are approaching to the end of the uh, capitali capitalism system we've been developing at least for the past seventy years after the war uh, Second World War. 
and uh, the, uh, it's quickly changing. So uh, I'm not commenting, I'm not going to comment on what's going on right now, but at the rate of it's going, I think we're going to experience something big uh, fairly soon. So really? I cannot advise, I mean, that's my personal sp uh, speaking, I can advise uh, unexperienced, uh, inexperienced investors to come in now because they mm. become usually the victim of the high uh, over overvalued uh, price of stocks. Mm -hmm. And the same thing goes with big coins. Right. So, you know, I cannot advise uh, that uh, all the things that may work for the past two years or five work. years yeah. or 40 years may not work from now. That is uh, right. something that you really have to watch out because all the people in North America, they've only experienced uh, good times. Uh, you know, there was some bad time, but in Japan, uh, we've been struggling after the bubble burst uh, 30 years ago. So we have a better experience of what ha what could happen next. And I think China mm. is going to experience that, and so will, will be the world. So I think we have to be wow. ready uh, for the potential crisis. Let's say uh, someone has an extra million dollars in the bank. Um, or let's say you had an extra million dollars, personally. How would you distribute that into an investment? Would you keep some of it? Would you invest it back in your business and hiring people? Would you invest some in stocks or real estate or cryptocurrency? What, what would be your philosophy of how you want to invest that? To yeah, I did a, a seminar with a few thousand people uh, a, a year ago and then a few months ago. But uh, this is a tricky subject because uh, if people watch this a year from now, it could be a different story. Be different, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I don't want to comment on uh, the detail ones, but I think anybody, what anybody can do is investing your friends. You know, take your friends out for dinner uh, and then become close uh, closer or just uh, give something to your clients and, and the customers. So I think it's a better investment than investing in bitcoins and gold and all the other things. Because if, if uh, the next financial crisis happens and then you lose everything, as we said, you know, go, uh, go back to your clients and then start ask, ask them to start business again. And if you have done some good favor, say uh, give uh, $100 worth of something to 10,000 people, you, that's ten, uh, $1 million, but they remember you. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, there is a better chance of uh, getting your business back in the next um, um, age. Actually, right. that's what I did 20 years ago. I had an extra $1 million. I wanted to try it out, uh, this fun ex experience. I already uh, heard of this, what you give will come back to you, and I didn't buy that. So, okay, I'll, I'll just test it. So I printed my booklets uh for about 3,000. I started with 3,000. I ended up giving uh, 2.3 million copies of my free booklets. That cost me about 3 million US dollars. Wow. But anyway, so by the time I gave away my booklets for about 100,000 copies, which cost me about 100,000 US dollars, a publisher called me and they want me to write a book. And I did, which the rest is history here. Wow. But, uh, so I gave away my first 
million dollar project, right? And look what happened. Uh, I sold more than 8 million copies of my physical books and uh, all my seminars and all the uh, other services. So the, the 2.3 million I gave, gave away came back uh, so many times back. So if you have an extra $1 million, do good for the society. Do good for your clients. They remember you. They trust you. So uh, I had a good reputation. Still, I do because I gave away my physical copies for free. And I paid wow. even the postage. At that time, nobody was doing it. People thought I was crazy. Now I was <laughs> because I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to try uh, this philosophy. Is that really true? What you give will come back? And it, it, it wasn't true. It, it came back 10 times more. So, you know, it's not equal. I love that. <clears throat> I, love that you, I love that you say to invest in your friends because when I, what, 2007, I guess 14 years ago when I had nothing, literally nothing, I was living on my sister's couch for about a year and a half. I was making, again, a few hundred bucks a month at the beginning. Then I started to make more. All I said, I have nothing. I can't buy anything. I can't do anything for anyone. I can't, you know, really, I, I felt kind of helpless. And I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to shift this. All I'm going to do is start investing and learning about other people, seeing what their greatest need is, where they're struggling, where their challenges are, and try to find someone else who can help them. And I was building this incredible network of people. I was using LinkedIn at the time to network. And I would just get on the phone with people and ask them stories about how they overcame their challenges, how they became successful. I would learn about it. And people really enjoyed sharing their story of success or overcoming challenges. And I'd say, well, what's your biggest challenge right now? And they'd say, well, I'm looking to hire this type of person or I need an engineer or a copywriter. And I was talking to all these individuals from all walks of life. And I was like, well, I know a great copywriter. I know a great engineer, a great person for social media. I'd connect them. They'd maybe do business or they'd figure out other solutions. And they'd always come back. Both would then thank me. Thank you for that introduction, that connection. And they'd, they'd want to help me further down the line. And I think when we invest in people, when we invest in friendships, like you said, relationships, and just reaching out to friends and saying, hey, what are you up to today? How can I support you? What's the biggest need that you have? And trying to be a solution that will pay 5, 10, 20 years down the line. Definitely. And uh, the game gets easier. Once you get the ball gets going, you know, uh, you have more power to help and then people will appreciate you more. So uh, the game will be uh, easy and easy. Once you go above the line, you will, you cannot lose because yeah. uh, uh, don't you, don't you, uh, wouldn't you agree? Absolutely, absolutely. Once you, you are over a certain level, uh, it's just a win, 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 win game. Absolutely. Because yeah, there's I mean, no there's no loser in happy right. people's world. Right. Yeah, and I'm I'm a big believer. I, I think about this a lot myself. I'm like, if I lost everything, what would I do? I would just reach out to my friends as well and figure out, or I'd say, hey, I'm happy to coach people, or I'm happy to do something else, and and just be of service if I need to, and trade my 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 talents or my service for the money. Um, and thankfully. I have a great network. I have great relationships because just like you, Ken, you've been adding value to the world for two decades now, a lot longer than me. But I've been doing my show and doing other free things for, I don't know, 12, 13 years, just trying to help people 
without expecting, without charging anything. You know, the podcast is free. The YouTube channel is free. It's just, hey, it's this free value from someone like yourself. And if it helps you make a little bit more money or helps you find more happiness or helps you get out of that toxic relationship, then awesome. Hopefully they remember that and they want to pay it forward or, or buy something from me in the future if it makes sense. But either way, it's, it's being a ripple effect, like you said. And the more we can do that with our friends, that'll ripple to their communities and the world, which I think is a beautiful philosophy. Um, I've got a few final questions for you, Ken. This has been really inspiring. And, and I hope when I'm in Japan, we can connect and uh, you can you can share with me more of these philosophies in person. Yes, yeah, well, I'll just uh, guide you through Kyoto. And by the way, perfect. you have uh, uh, more than a few extra rooms here. You know, I have a big place. So <laughs> perfect. Me, 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 and my girlfriend. <laughs> perfect. Me and my girlfriend will come for sure. Um, with a sushi. I'm in. I'm excited. I've always wanted Japanese sushi. We've got pretty good sushi here in in Los Angeles, but I'm assuming. Japan is uh, another level. The authentic sushi places here. Ooh, I'm in. I want the fish like squirming. Yeah. Um, is there any other final lessons that you would share from your uh, mentor that we should be thinking about as we as we go into the next uh, moment of our life after this uh, interview? So uh, one thing I learned from my mentor Wahe is that uh, he focused on receiving well. Mm. Uh, both good and bad, because we tend to want, mm. we want to receive only the good things, and so like uh, if if we pray, God, please give me good things, not bad things. But you know, good things could be bad things, and bad things could be good things. You never know. Uh, the worst thing that happened to you could turn out to be the best thing in your life five years later. True. So you have to be a master of receiving it well. So I try not to judge things on the, uh, on the, on the surface. You know, I cannot really judge what's inside from the, from the uh, gift wrap. It might be wrapped well, <laughs> but I don't know what's inside. So I try not, uh, not, I try not to judge uh, when something comes into my life, I try not to judge uh, if it's good or bad. I receive it well. Wow. Uh, you never know because it could be bad, it could be good. So I let go of my judgment. Is this good? Is this bad? Is this a good decision? Is this a bad decision? I, I've learned how to trust myself and how to trust my intuition. Mm. So even though the things that may not go as I want it, I think uh, if it's my destiny, the door will open. That's my philosophy. So when you feel stuck, uh, don't worry about it. You just you know, deep uh, get a few deep breath and just figure out which door will open for you. And your your best friend or somebody will open doors for you. It's it's usually the people. Mm. And uh, and uh, and incredibly, oftentimes. Uh, a stranger or people who don't know much, who don't know much about you, could offer you money, the opportunity, a new guest room, or whatever that is. So just I think the world is so generous, full of love. So trust, life will take good care of you, especially in hard times. Yeah, that's beautiful, very beautiful. Ken, I've got uh, two final questions for you, but before I get into those questions, I want to. 
Highly recommend people check out your book, buy a copy, buy a few copies for your friends. It's called Happy Money, the Japanese art of making peace with your money. And a lot of my viewers and listeners, specifically in the you know, North America who maybe grew up more shy around money or insecure or didn't have the the right lessons or teaching from their parents or society about how to just talk about it, how to think about it, how to approach it. I think it would be really ha uh, helpful for so many people to dive into this message and get your book. I know you have many other books as well on this topic, but I, I think people should start there. Uh, if they go to your website, kenhonda.com, they can see all of your information there. They can get the book there. It's obviously on Amazon and everywhere else. And you're all over social media. Happy Ken Honda. You're like the happy, you're like the happy money Buddha. You know, it's like you got, you're like the happy guy. So I like that. Um, you got the panda, the happy pandas in the background and the video, you got everything here. Uh, so people can follow you on social media as well. And is there, before I get to the final couple of questions, is there anything else we can do to support you today? Thank you. I'm um, so happy to share what I know about uh, money and happiness. So um, I'm so excited that I finally get to share my ideas and philosophy that I learned from many great mentors with English-speaking people. I'm working on my English, so uh, I'm, I'm just uh, getting there. <laughs> but You're doing great. <laughs> but this is such a fun journey for myself. So I learned I want to learn more about you, and uh, I want to more about uh, different cultures. They all fascinate me. So as much as I talk, I want to listen too. So I want to, one day I want to have a chat with you. Yeah. Learn about money with one another. So uh, we Perfect. started a community called Arigato Living Community. So uh, um, we have uh, uh, 20 different country uh, participants. So if you're interested in learning these, uh, just Google that, uh, Ken Honda, Arigato Living Community. And uh, we do monthly calls and have a friendly chat like this. And this is the happiest time of my, of my life. So I always appreciate this uh, fun culture exchange for me. Mm, that's beautiful. That's really cool. We'll make sure to link all those up as well. Uh, and, make sure, and make sure you guys check that out. Uh, Ken, final two questions. This one's called the th this one's called the three truths. It's a question I ask everyone towards the end of our conversation. It's a hypothetical question. So um, imagine many years away, it's your last day here on this earth, and you have accomplished all of your goals, all of your dreams. Your you've lived the life, but for whatever reason. Can you got to take all of your books and all of your messages and groups and podcasts and interviews and content? It goes with you to another place, so no no one has access to your information anymore or your content. But you get to leave behind three lessons with the world, three things you know to be true that you would share with the world. It can be any lessons. I'm I'm curious what would be those three truths for you? Three, huh? Interesting. I think the first one that uh, comes into my mind is life can be more fun. Yeah, that would be the first one. Okay. And uh, also, uh, life is more fun when unexpected events keep happening. <laughs> mm. So, because uh, I really mean it, because, you know, life can give, brings me a lot of surprises. Yeah. And uh, the, the, the third one is, I think, probably 
relationships uh, are everything. Is everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Relationship is everything. Is what I would say. So beautiful truths, Ken. I want to before I ask the final question, I want to acknowledge you, Ken, for for being such a a great guide for so many of us, uh, specifically over the last two decades, and for all the efforts you're going to continue to do for the rest of your life for your ability to bring clarity, your ability to bring peace on your stressful topic for a lot of people around money, your ability to simplify things, and your ability to remind people that happiness, joy, love, appreciation, friendships are the most meaningful thing. And those things, when you appreciate them, will bring you other opportunities in your life. So I really acknowledge you for your gift, your creativity, and your talents, my friend. And I'm excited to to connect in person, hopefully in Japan, someday in the near future. Um, my, my final question is, what is your definition of greatness? I think the definition of greatness is knowing who you are and stay happy with it. I hope that answers the question. Did I? Perfect. That's perfect. Yes. Ken Honda, thank you so much for being here, my friend. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Luis. This is such a great interview. You're such a genius interviewer. And, and you know, now I know why people love you and respect <laughs> you. So Thanks, I send my, all my love and respect for my newfound brother. And, so, and also the viewers, thank you so much for spending time with us. I really appreciate every second of you spent the time you spent with us. So thank you. Thank you. Arigato, arigato. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and it inspired you on your journey towards greatness. Make sure to check out the show notes in the description for a full rundown of today's show with all the important links. And also make sure to share this with a friend and subscribe over on Apple Podcasts as well. I really love hearing feedback from you guys. So share a review over on Apple and let me know what part of this episode resonated with you the most. And if no one's told you lately, I want to remind you that you are loved, you are worthy, and you are matter. And now it's time to go out there and do something great. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent, being there day and night, and building a plan for tomorrow today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy.